you remember the first picture you saw of a beach covered with garbage? How shocked you were? Adults remember it. My nieces and nephews don't, because they grew up in a world filled with garbage. They didn't create it. And adults who say they're happy to see the next generation fixing problems we created are abdicating responsibility. But everyone says, but I'm just one person. What can I do? I saw the video of the straw in the turtle's nose. Have you actually tried avoiding straws? I did. I was out with friends. The waiter brought out glasses with straws. I asked him if he could take them back. He said he'd just have to throw them away. I might as well just use them. I didn't change anything. What more proof did I need that what I did didn't matter? Global problems need global solutions, and only governments and corporations can act on that scale. This stupid straw business distracts us from our real problems. Really, we need things like fusion. Or so I thought anyway. One day I looked at my garbage and thought, maybe I can't fix the world, but I can take responsibility for my garbage. So I challenged myself to go for a week without buying packaged food. I knew how to cook, but not from scratch. So I expected it to cost more and taste worse. Frankly, I expected to fail. After a few days, I finished everything in my cupboards. I went to the store, to the shelves where I normally start. For the first time, instead of seeing food, I saw the packaging around it. Bottles, jars, cans, boxes, bags, stickers. I have an Ivy League PhD and an MBA. I helped launch a satellite and several companies. I believe I can say I reached the pinnacle of our culture. And I couldn't eat. I couldn't live without polluting and hurting others. Well, with no alternative, I bought only fresh fruits and vegetables and dried beans from bulk. I'm not proud of this, but for the first time, I boiled beans on the stove. I made it two and a half weeks and decided to keep going, not at zero, but at minimal packaging. After a few months, my cooking became delicious. People hire me to host dinners. I can easily describe the material results of this experiment. I saved time and money, got closer to my family and nature. I learned to shop at farmer's market. I met the farmers on their farms who provide me with my food. I started a windowsill garden. I went from emptying my garbage from weekly to monthly to annually and kept going. I last emptied my garbage in 2019. Next month will be two years on one load. The mental changes were bigger. Why did I expect deprivation and higher costs? I thought cooking from scratch would be boring compared to eating out, but that was my inexperience. I found it's easier, cheaper, less noisy. Waiters aren't rushing us. I associated packaged food with convenience and variety, but nothing compares with fresh. More flavor, more nuance, complexity, Packaged food just numbs our senses and fills oceans with garbage. The results surprised me so much, I looked for other things that were like packaged food. I challenged myself to avoid flying for a year. No one believes me when I describe how hard it was or how much it improved my life, so I won't try, but it's one of the best things I've done. Now I haven't flown since 2016 and probably never will again. When I read most cultures don't refrigerate like we do, I just unplugged my fridge and forced myself to learn to ferment before everything melted. I made it three months before plugging it back in, six and a half months my next try. Now, a typical electric bill is $2, my record is $1.40. I started picking up litter daily, remarkably rewarding, and haven't missed a day since 2017. Overall, I've dropped my footprint over 90%. I am not talking about individual acting adding up, though it may. I'm talking about what I found came with sustainability. Joy, fun, freedom, community, connection, meaning, purpose, But even environmentalists, actually especially environmentalists, present sustainability as deprivation, 
sacrifice, like it's a burden, like it's a chore. We have nearly no role models trying to live sustainably to find that joy, and so they can't share it. So I started a podcast, This Sustainable Life, to create role models. My guests are leaders in business, politics, sports, culture, and more. I lead them in what's now called the Spodic Method to share and act on their environmental values, many practicing stewardship for the first time. They enjoy the experience and recommend me to peers. Guests also include hardcore Trump supporters, evangelicals, staunch Republicans, military, and others that environmentalists see as adversarial. Why? Want change? Want votes? Engage with people who disagree with you. I learn from them too, and we become friends. The podcast has also become a growing family with other hosts reaching other audiences using the Spodic Method too. Beyond the podcast, I work with these leaders to help them change their organizations. They've heard peers called greenwashing and hypocritical. They think they have to be perfect. They don't. They only have to show that they're doing their best, but they have to show that genuinely and authentically. Then people support them for their flaws. My personal experience enables me to lead them. Systemic change begins with personal change. If we value growth and extraction, we'll innovate technologies that may lower pollution locally. But if we make a polluting system more efficient, we pollute more efficiently. We've been chasing efficiency since before the Industrial Revolution. What matters is total pollution, and we have been polluting more, more efficiently than ever. The difference between the verdant, fertile world of our ancestors and our polluted one today is the physical manifestation of our values and culture, implemented by our behavior, augmented by our technologies. If we magically lowered our pollution levels to pre-industrial, but kept our values, we'd be right back here again. Norman Borlaug, the father of the Green Revolution, saw this happen as, in his words, the population monster grew to recreate the hunger he thought he solved. He warned that technology alone would only grow our problems. We're living his predictions. Even fusion would repeat that pattern unless we change our values. How do we? By acting. To clarify, we're not changing these values. We're uncovering ones suppressed for so long that most of us have forgotten about them. Everybody values clean air, land, and water. You may be wondering how to start without wasting time like I did with the straws. I found the biggest bang for your buck. I'm not saying it alone will change everything, but it costs nothing, and you don't have to wait for governments and corporations to act. You'll see how to reduce 90%. It's also fun. It starts with food. For many people, what to eat is a horror show. It was for me because I always had ice cream and pretzels at home. I'd feel shame wanting them, which made me think about them, which made me eat them, which made me feel shame again, and the cycle would continue for decades. Junk food, fast food, ultra-processed food, comfort food. Maybe you've heard Michael Pollan's eat food, not too much, mostly plants. The term food in these phrases is confusing. Consider two cases. First, parents in a food desert. People say that a dollar can fill their kids' bellies with more from McDonald's than from a farmer's market. Second, people addicted to salt, sugar, fat, and convenience. They say that an alcoholic can just not go to a bar, but unlike any other addiction, they have to face theirs every meal. These views assume broccoli and Doritos are the same, and they are not. We give kids Taco Bell saying, fast food may not be the best food, but it's still food. It's not. The parents could assuage their kids' hunger with heroin too, or cocaine, and if we call them poppy extract or coca leaf extract, they might. Our language distinguishes them from the plants they're refined from, but not sugar from sugarcane or corn syrup from corn, so we accept them. 
to end that confusion, I offer a new word, doof, which is food backward. And I cannot overstate how much it clarifies and simplifies. We're used to say junk food, fast food, things like that. Say doof. Guests from my podcasts already use the term, including Dr. Joel Furman, who wrote Eat to Live, New York City's mayor-elect Eric Adams, Dr. Michael Turner, and more. Everyone finds it fun. Look, I'm not there in person, but try it, you listeners at home. Imagine someone offered you, say, a frappuccino or bottled water. Say, no thanks, I avoid doof. Your turn. I hope you enjoyed saying, no thanks, I avoid doof. I'm not saying never eat doof. Actually, eat is for food. Doof you consume, and they want you to consume as much as possible. Just, if you consume doof, don't consider it eating. It's more like unhealthy entertainment for your mouth. Eat all the food you want. Try eating too much kale or berries. You can't. And if you give kids doof, they still need food for nutrition that doof lacks. Doof impoverishes communities like a payday loan store. My charge to you, never call doof food. Some common clues that something is doof, it's advertised, it's packaged, fiber has been refined out. Now you have to draw your line for yourself, especially for gray zones like meat, alcohol, refined oil. But the big one is the manufacturer's intent. If they engineered it to create craving, it's doof. I remember an ad campaign that said, bet you can't eat just one. They know exactly what they're doing. Seeing the industry choose profit over my health and the world's made doof disgusting, which made reducing 90% and those other changes effortless. They did take years, but I had to overcome, frankly, decades of addiction to Cherry Garcia. Maybe you can do changes on my scale, maybe not, but you can change this word and start your journey. It gets easier with every step. Decrease your salt and sugar and things will taste bland, but after a month, your old amounts become unbearable. Apples to me taste sweeter than Snickers ever did. Less sugar, more sweetness may sound too good to be true, but after living it, it's obvious. The doof concept revealed to me a spectrum. At one end is wholesome, enduring reward, family, community, personal growth, stewardship. At the other is craving, always more, never satisfied. We tend to think of heroin and crack as the extreme at this end, but confusing food with doof, we don't defend ourselves against it. Orders of magnitude more people suffer from heart disease, diabetes, pollution, and other doof consequences than from drugs. So doof is farther out on the spectrum. What else lies at this end? Facebook, social media, binge TV, fast fashion, bucket lists. I believe in time you'll find them all doof. Note their manufacturer's intent and values. Remember I said our stewardship values were suppressed? These doof values suppress them. Yes, they bring pleasure. They also lower health, longevity, and freedom, as well as Earth's ability to sustain life, risking population collapse. Billions may suffer and die. You've seen the headlines. Do we just accept what doof values cause, or do we consciously choose our values? As long as we confuse doof with food in all of life, not just diet, we'll keep sleepwalking into catastrophe. The concept of doof lays bare a lie at the heart of our culture that more improves quality of life, but more doof lowers it, whether Nestle, Instagram, Amazon Prime, 
or just plain meth. Almost no one suggests less as a solution because they fear it as a horror show, which doof industries love. But less doof means more sweetness, less sugar. Maybe you're thinking, if we don't grow the economy, we'll lose our tax base. Infrastructure will crumble. Hospitals will close. Mothers will die in childbirth. And 30 will become old age again. Do you want to return to the Stone Age, Josh? Is that what you want? That's the addiction speaking. Countless human societies have thrived without growing and extracting. Meanwhile, countless other cultures that grew too much collapsed. How much less can we consume? This graph of my current footprint, after removing doof from my life, compared to the average Americans, says we can drop 75 to 90% improving our lives. At these numbers, we don't need fusion. And America would gain credibility to lead others. Right now, we're leading them in the opposite direction. Imagine more happiness, health, and freedom reducing billions suffering. What about people without resources? It's easy to think low-cost stuff helps them, and in individual cases it can. But systemically, doof extracts wealth. It causes and exacerbates poverty. Reducing it helps the most needy. But they pollute the least anyway. The people with the most resources pollute the most. They also fear giving up their stuff the most. Which makes sense. The heaviest users tend to be the most addicted and make the most excuses. If you feel you can't avoid flying or whatever else you want to avoid, consider that you may be addicted and may benefit the most from enduring that withdrawal. I'm not promising world peace. Just a new direction we can take. It will lead you to more sweetness, less sugar. As people join us, instead of what I do doesn't matter, you'll see that the fastest, most effective way to change governments and corporations is to start with yourself now. I didn't say do one thing and then stop. When you get the doof concept, you will keep going to act more and more and more. People will follow you out of joy. Systemic change begins with personal change. Doof values make us entitled, lacking gratitude and appreciation, twisted up inside, knowing that we're hurting people. When we steward, nature responds not with ocean dead zones and a pandemic that goes global in weeks because we fly so much, but with beauty and abundance. Peaches, bees, clear skies, and vibrant blue oceans. I work with executives and politicians. They want to change, but they're scared. Probably they should act without us, but our avoiding doof will help them stop producing it so the factories close and they plug up the oil while supplying them. My charge again, never call doof food. Avoid doof in all of life. As your joy increases and your footprint decreases, family, friends, and entire industries will follow. Now, before I close, let's practice saying, no thanks, I avoid doof. Would you like a Coke or a Pepsi? Great. There's a sale at Zara. Want to go? You got it. Thank you, and never call doof food.